you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, the New York Stock Exchange. Actually, Faber's at Milken once again in Beverly Hills. Busy Tuesday today. Plenty of big-name corporate earnings. A Fed meeting begins. Debt ceiling chatter. And inflation running hot in Europe, Australia, with a surprise hike as well. Our roadmap begins with investors on Fed watch as the May policy meeting gets underway. Then there's Yellen's warning saying the country could run out of cash by June 1. And the White House and Speaker McCarthy have set some talks. And AI's material impact, Chegg, with this hit to its growth, IBM forecasting 30% of jobs being disrupted. And then Hollywood writers also seeking some limits on its use and they go on strike. We'll begin, though, with the markets and the Fed today, uh, Jim, as we discuss some of the inflationary scares. We were expecting uh, an extended pause in Australia. Yeah, I just think that, look, things are still red hot. Um, And we haven't seen China really kick in yet. I I think that we're probably the best of all. Uh, The reason why we're best is because we've been We've been raising rates so furiously that we don't even know if we're going to start getting uh, some problems with the regional banks and all the growth is in regional banks. David, I don't know what those guys are saying out there. I have to presume that a lot of people must think, one, that we're going to get some tightening and two, that the Republicans have everything to gain if they uh, default. Well, I don't think there's an expectation of default, at least. Again, that has not come up that often. I did speak to Joe Manchin yesterday, part of a panel I did with him and Darren Woods, and I did ask Senator Manchin, who's obviously an important uh, Democratic vote in the Senate, uh, and he was just pretty straightforwardly saying, no way we're defaulting. It's just not going to happen. Of course, he's also a a hawk when it comes to the budget, so he was kind of saying, you know, he believes they're going to get back to the table and they're going to figure something out. Whether or not they kind of punt it to uh, or extend it to the fall, guys, in terms of the, um, the budget process then and sort of incorporate it all, I think that remains unclear. But... At least hearing from him, Jim, he's like, no, it's not going to happen. Obviously, other people are perhaps a bit less sanguine. Well, well what happens, David, if uh, McCarthy's fired because they said they could fire him? McCarthy's trying to be reasonable. Other people in the party just say, listen, this is our chance to elect, say, Trump. Uh, because if, the, if Biden doesn't make a deal, then we can go on other news outlets that seem to be inclined to hate Biden and just talk about how everybody wanted to get their Social Security and, and their Medicare, except for Biden, who just was asleep at the wheel. That's a decent narrative for the Republicans. Why don't they go for it? What, what do they care? I don't know. Well, I, I can't answer that question. Obviously, you're expressing a narrative that I guess you're concerned about. I mean, that's how real that, are your and significant are your concerns then, Jim, given well, what you I'm just, just said? Well, I'm just thinking about 2011. Carl, 2011, we went down 19%. We had, a lot of people just felt we were in a bear market. The S&P downgraded our debt. And then nothing happened. And the S&P shouldn't have downgraded our debt. I remember Tim Geithner telling me this. It just doesn't work like that. But I just keep coming up with scenarios which just say as bad as things were in 2011. It's just, and I would say bad, as contentious as they were, I'm trying to think about why the GOP wouldn't play the card of default, thinking that the American people are so out of touch that they'll just blame who's ever present. Yep. Uh, PIMCO's done some pretty good uh, vote crunching, looking at the number of members who've never voted for a debt ceiling raise, even under Trump. 
and it's more than a dozen. Uh, but at the same time, Jim, the polling data says Americans are more in favor now of a clean raise than they were in 2011, and, and they argue there's no, there is no incentive to take this to the hilt. Well, I, uh, the way I think about it, and, and, and get you involved, David, you remember this period, this is Carl, it doesn't have to be, if you're in the stock market, a default in order for the market to get hammered. Because, David, we know that the market got hammered. We only got a def- uh, we avoided a default in 2011. But we just got the date when Yellen can be, have maneuverability. It's much earlier. And if you look at the, the calendar in Congress, they can't work that fast. Well, they're, they're, for two weeks, they're not even there. I know. Yeah. That's, well, they have a luxury of that. I work. They don't. Well, David, can you get their schedule at all? Because it's really amazing. Can't you call them back and tell them that they have to work and get this deal? I mean, honestly. Uh, I don't have that kind of convening power. You, Maybe you Michael crush Milken federal, can do it. You, he gets 4,000 people to show up here. It would be a good headline, though. Favor yes. convenes Congress. I think it would be good. Because the fact is, David, I like it's it. hard to I, make a deal when you're not yeah. here. It's hard to make a deal. It's true. There's not enough time on the, on the um, calendar. Now, listen, I mean, Treasury can do a lot of different things. I remember 2011, they were trying to figure things out. Like, remember, they were selling Spectrum for the in wireless auctions. When right. is the money going to come in from that? I mean, you're going to get down to things of that nature. Yes. And then, Jim, there is the possibility that they can still continue to pay the interest uh, and just right. not pay a lot of other things, at least for some period of time, but, right? Well, bothers me, Carl, we know that people sell when this stuff happens. I mean, it was supposed to, everyone knew it was a done deal in 2011. They had to do a deal. In the interim, people sold, sold, sold. I mean, all those people, what, they sold because they felt that there were things were too crazy. I'm saying we have the same too crazy situation, so why shouldn't we have a repeat of 2011? So that's why uh, the uh, June T bill jumped 15 basis points exactly. last night. Uh, t- by the way, even before that, even before Yellen's comments, the 10-year uh, up 16 basis points, biggest one day since September. Right. I, look, I, and we, we can look at insurance that says maybe it won't happen. All I care about is what happened in 2011, where everyone told me that it wouldn't matter. Uh, and I listened to some of that nonsense. And I regret that I did. I don't know. Um, so we'll have, um, it's going to be interesting, the, the confluence of this ongoing discussion on the Hill and the Fed meeting. And, well, and the it's a gauntlet. It's too much like the gauntlet. Uh, it, it, you know, listen, David, you got to get through yes. the Fed meeting. Jim. You got to get through Apple. You got to get through the employment meeting and you have the debt ceiling. Don't but, you think one of those four blows up? Why is the VIX? The VIX is barely old enough to drive. Because the VIX is wrong. It's just wrong. I mean, it's, look, I just think that we could be. I'm, just, I'm not calling for anything big, but I'm saying that in 2011, we all felt that it was all going to work out, and then suddenly the S&P downgraded because they used the wrong formula. They never took it back. We should be watching the rating agencies to see if they're doing something stupid. And you know, and I say that because Tim Geithner actually had the numbers that they shouldn't have downgraded if they used their own formula. So, Carl, I don't know. I mean, I just think that you're going to get scared. I remember I was at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I was at the training camp. And a really terrific line, lineman, hey, we have J.J. Welcome. really terrific lineman said to me, Jim, I said, what are you guys worried about? I was thinking maybe the first game, maybe they're worried about the pass. And the guy said, look, this debt ceiling, it's killing me. And I was like, wow, you shouldn't worry. He goes, what do you know? I said, hey, you know, I mean, you're right. I mean, guy could have killed me if you just touched me. So um, um, I'll tell you something people are, Jim, a little worried about out here. And, and obviously I'm seeing some. Chat GPT? You know, well, no. yeah, chat. We'll talk chat GPT. Worried, yes. Also, I mean, it's part of every conversation. But 
Just tightening and blending standards. I mean, it's, yes. you know, obviously we spent a lot of time talking about First Republic. We know what's happened there. Um, some people very resentful of the fact, by the way, that it went to the biggest bank in the country. But that said, there is this continued chorus that says, hey, it, you know, lending is just going to continue to get tighter. I know Mike Wilson's got another piece out saying banks across the board continue to tighten lending standards. Um, and that applies across the board to a lot of different transactions. I spoke to Orlando Bravo, of course, Toma Bravo. Uh, and uh, we'll hear more from that interview later. But let me just quickly share what he had to say in terms of the cost of financing, because you can imagine that when you're trying to buy a company and you're, you're, the rate that you're borrowing at has gone up sharply, well, you've got to get a far lower price if you're going to make a deal work. Expensive. <laughs> yeah. Really, really expensive. Software has stood really tall because private lenders, where the financing market is now, they're readily there to finance software deals. The depth of that market, you can probably borrow up to $5 billion from private credit if you bring these people together, these groups together. The problem is that the average rate you're going to be paying is 13%. So when you put that into your model, it has pretty big implications as to what price you can pay for the asset. Yeah, down about 25% is you know, kind of what you're talking about, Jim, in some ways, if you're right. going to make it work. And he's the put. He's been buying... Uh, at maybe cheap prices, ultimately, all the enterprise software companies that have come up. And I think a lot of people feel, well, don't worry, uh, Tom, Tomo Bravo could come to the rescue. That doesn't sound like coming to the rescue. No, no, not this year, not yet. Well, I, I, when I speak to people, they're most concerned that, once again, a big New York bank got this. All the banks in Cleveland and Cincinnati and Omaha and Minnesota... All the heartland banks, Carl, I have to tell you, they don't have, they don't even know what the standards are. They don't know where they should lend. Well, if you don't know where you're going to lend, you're going to do nothing. And there's a lot of business that is done in this country where you just need access to credit and you don't have, you're not going to get the kind of credit that a lot of the big companies yeah, get. That's why we're going to have our eyes peeled on the loan officer survey here for the yeah, next few doesn't, weeks. Doesn't the Fed have to say, listen, we got to see what we've done to this country? Uh, before we do more. Really quick on Uber before we go to break. Uh, up sharply today after a narrower than expected quarterly loss. Nice revenue beat. Bookings up 19. Earlier on Squawk, uh, Dara Khosrowshahi did talk specifically about whether freight rates are beginning to settle out. As more money goes towards services, people are buying less in retail. Freight essentially ships retail. So we are seeing prices come down from the historically elevated levels that we saw two right. years ago. It looks like those prices might be settling out. So they do guide ahead on uh, Q2 EBITDA. Well, look, I, it, we just did some stuff on goods. The fact is, is it services, travel, and we're going to bring in Marriott. It's just, it, it doesn't stop. The Marriott numbers are great. The Uber numbers are great. MGM. MGM are great. People are going places. Avis. People are doing things. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the one thing they're not doing is shopping. And the shopping numbers are not so great. Uh, and then, you know, you, you look at what's going on with the community banks. I don't know how long car sales can hold up. I mean, a lot of the loans for cars are di- from the local banks. 90% of all autos are I financed. Know. And I just think that, look, I saw a lot of companies that didn't need debt borrow because maybe they think the market's going to close. I'm worried about that. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to a lot of the uh, travel names as well as some industrials. DuPont, uh, ITW's yeah. out today. Yes. We'll talk about the impact of AI. Uh, Chegg getting punished as uh, the shares plummet. Fears expressed by Hollywood writers going on strike about the
the potential of AI to displace riders as well. Seeing a little bit of a mixed action in futures. NASDAQ among the best performing of the major indices. We'll talk more about that too when Squawk on the Street continues. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. AI sharing the spotlight today. Shares of Chegg are down 46%, plummeting on this revenue warning. Uh, the education tech firm says it sees students turning to Jet GPT for study help. Uh, Jeffrey's downgrades, they argue that whatever they might have to counteract that, Jim, is probably several quarters away. Yeah, look, I think that it was kind of an existential crisis that Dan Rosenzweig had on the call because he just talked about how it suddenly hit the last few weeks of March. People weren't buying it. I felt that the question was a little uh, uh, aggressive because people didn't believe that, that it could happen so fast that ChatGPT could wreck them, you know, the Chatmate versus Chegmate. And it was very disappointing. Uh, previously, we thought that the reason why the stock wasn't doing well is because his school isn't as hard. You know, and Dan's got some good businesses, but the fact is, Carl, we don't like excuses in this business. And we don't want to hear that the excuse is that people are talking to ChatGPT and not paying for, paying for Chegg. Uh, ChatGPT is obviously a big issue. There are people who go do their homework on it. But I, I wasn't comfortable with the, uh, with the explanation. Yeah. Meantime, uh, David, IBM uh, putting on hold uh, the hiring of some 7,800 jobs that AI can potentially do. And more discussion today at the World Economic Forum about how it's really people who have 20 years of experience in their businesses that are going to be disaffected the most because that's what IT can, or AI can do overnight. I mean, that is one of the key questions, of course. What I've heard here, for the most part, are more hopeful prognostications that, you know, productivity will increase greatly, but jobs will not disappear, at least for now. But you do wonder at what point you've been that, and then you say, well, what do we need you for at all? Um, but the conversation has been more around at least productivity enhancements from ChatGPT. Uh, I did speak to Rosenzweig getting back to, uh, to Chegg, um, guys, and... You know, his point was, listen, a lot of students may have been using GPT-3.5, but they weren't necessarily um, not subscribing to Chegg or not choosing to subscribe to Chegg. They were just sort of checking it out. But when 4 came along, they saw a pickup in, in, uh, in usage um, as of March, and there was a certain percent of students who chose not to subscribe that they expected would have. As you point out, Jim, <clears throat> choosing ChatGPT-4 right now for their homework and for their ability to study in some fashion, as opposed to Chegg. Chegg is going to be introducing a new product, uh, beta testing, and then bringing it out. But they're in a difficult position given the school year is ending as well in terms of predicting how things are going to go. 
And so Rosenzweig said at this point, it's just it's it's too hard to tell. He does believe he's sort of the tip of the spear for a lot of other industries that are going to face different but similar kinds of disruptions as ChatGPT in some way competes with whatever product they're offering. Right. I, I, David, it's so important for people to recognize that in the conference call, Dan Rosenzweig is talking about this Chegmate product, Chegmate product, that that's going to alleviate the issues. And it's only in beta. As you said, the summer, there's nothing that's going to go on. I come back and say, well, wait a second. Uh, what will happen in a, if, if things were bad in March? What will happen in April? Uh, what will happen in May? And I just see that there's the possibility of a cadence getting, uh, getting worse and worse here as more and more kids realize, hey, wait a second, I don't need to pay. I got this thing, ChatGPT, if it's, yeah, it doesn't cost me anything. So, David, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, look, I want to know about the Spanish-American War. Tell me in 500 words what it is. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I know Chase far more, in, it's more industrious, more uh, more disciplined. But, David, I don't know. It's college. And people, it's not like the old days, as, as he told us. It's college is easy. So why do we need a hard yeah. program if it's easy? Well, I mean, he, he would say, and he did to me, you know, their, their new product's going to use the best of GPT in terms of its ability to communicate, for example, in natural language, but at the same time incorporate all the technology from Chegg that actually teaches. And their own data will be completely walled off. So their, their expectation is the combination of the two will actually enhance the product offering overall and bring people back. But right now the market is certainly saying, well, we'll wait and see whether there's uh, whether that will right. be true. And to your point, it's GPT-4 GPT now. What will it be by the fall, right? Exactly. Well, I, mean, I hear these guys are already working on 7. So it's going to be an issue for, for many. The one beneficiary right now, I don't know how many hundreds. They've got so many users. I mean, what, 150 million? I don't even know. I hear different numbers for, for, uh, for OpenAI uh, and ChatGPT, the for-profit part of it. But it's the fastest-growing product uh, that we've seen. And there are a lot of people who are paying, you know, the 20 plus bucks a month for it. So right. um, it bears watching, to say well, the least. Well, the writers are we, certainly worried. The writers strike. Yep. Holy uh, cow. It, uh, they've got a few different things. Um, there's, there's revenue uh, uh, distribution that's, that they're asking for. But part of it is, is asking for assurances that AI is not going to be used to either source or rewrite material. But if you're Disney and you're, and you're pressed for money, why don't you say, hey, look, we're going to make all animated chat. I mean, animated is not exactly getting a degree in computer science at Stanford. Uh, meantime, you saw no, the news yesterday about Jeffrey yeah. Hinton, uh, the so-called godfather of AI, who oh. quit, quit his job at Google right. um, because he's worried about the effects. And his line was, it's hard to see how you can prevent bad actors from using it for bad things. Right. Well, the guardrails aren't in place, but it's very unclear what the government's role is. Uh, I think it's, for, it's a free-for-all. David, you know that, yeah. as you've been saying from day one, it's going to be very hard to so-called control, uh, particularly, yes. I think, when the Chinese have it, because the Chinese are able to Correct. duplicate us and have us say things. Yeah, when it comes to defense, there's an expectation that actually they may be ahead of us. And so, right. you know, uh, many of the leaders in AI in this country are calling for guardrails, some even saying, let's just pause entirely. But, of course, our adversaries won't. It's a very difficult thing to say. I, I, you know, we don't know where it goes. I will right. say I have tried to put my, my biggest fears to many of the people I've met here who sort of are, are more expert, and very few of them share those overall fears for the species, well, at least not yet. 
I think some people differ on that, including Elon Musk, who I'm happy to listen to when it comes to this stuff, because he's got a pretty good perspective, not to mention he was basically the founder of OpenAI and gave more money than anybody else. A little disappointed with what's happened now. I worry. David was right about First Republic. It was trading at five and went to zero. He's been calling this (laughs) Skynet all along. And do you see John Connor anywhere? I'm trying to find, let me see, I'll Google John Connor. Um, Oh, man. We'll see if we'll get the Terminator yeah. back yes. and to protect well, we him. We have the Terminator. He's coming on. <laughs> JJ. JJ Watt. Yes. We are going to talk to JJ Watt. Watt. I know about his uh, his post uh, post football career He's and got, getting into a different kind of football. Most of them don't have a plan. This man's got a tenure. Plan. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to Kramer's Mad Dash and of course the opening bell in about uh, eight and a half minutes. Don't go anywhere. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Watching NXP at the top of the gainers list this morning, 328 beats 298, revenue ahead, gross margin ahead, auto up 17, and they guide above on June quarter revenue. We'll talk about what that might mean for both autos and semis today. Opening bell in a few minutes, and don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. You correctly pointed out uh, right before this that the NXP quarter was very good. And what's great about that is while there's a lot of industrial NXP, it really is a lot about auto. It's about uh, fast time to market, innovation power. But what it's really about is ADAS, the uh, assisted driving. They've got infotainment. They've got powertrain, comforting, networking. You basically surrender your auto to NXP. So for them to have good numbers and to have what I regard as being a forward-looking view of autos, because they were not that cautious, makes me feel a little better about a group that I'm worried about, which are the autos. Autos? Yeah. Or, or, or the chips or both? <laughs> well, the chips, I mean, NXP is a very forward company, and they're taking, with, within a car, they're taking share. They do better with it, within a car than actual, they need to have big numbers. But look, to go back to regional banks, I know, when I bought my first car, the key thing was getting a loan from Capital Savings in Tallahassee. And in the end, I had to have my dad back it because they didn't trust me at all, which was very right because I was living in the car soon. I needed homeowners. But I will say this, that when you look at NXP, they got a really good portfolio. Very strong. Uh, speaking of some of this, um, it was interesting to see Morgan Stanley get positive on PCs. They my. upgrade HP and Dell. I thought they should have waited a little because they were still, I think, too far. But they point out too far from the conclusion of this. Yep. The but they think no. They think it's three months away, and they say that HP 
that Hewlett Packard is a good buy here. I don't think HP turns until the until the fourth quarter. They recommend Dell. I don't think Dell turns the fourth quarter. So theoretically, what you should be doing is you should be buying the chip stocks, Micron, right now, on the idea that their inventory is finished, the, the depletion. Sure. But you don't buy these until the end of the summer. So, the, so, so buy the components first and, yes. then the, and then the PCs. Yes, and I like Micron very much. And I know we're close to Micron after this weekend at the White House Stars Bonds Day. <laughs> Let's get to the opening bell here in the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. At the big board today, it's Atlantic Union Bank Shares celebrating its recent transfer from the NAS at the NASDAQ Gold House, a nonprofit empowering Asian Pacific communities. They don't sound. This community bank doesn't sound like it's a problem. But I hope that Jay Powell isn't watching. He may say, oh, what the hell? I just saw community bank being all excited. I do want Jay Powell to recognize that they have to wait to see what happens. They tightened and tightened and tightened. I, I don't want another bank. We gotta let that bank be the last one that falls. Because JP Morgan got a deal at all deals. And I think America's gonna get angry at a certain point, which just says, you know what, I don't want my regional bank to go once more to JP Morgan. They have more than 10%, and they're the only ones that seem to have the ability to absorb. Yeah. I mean, there is fodder for him to to be dovish tomorrow uh, if he wants. There's, there was some work done over the weekend looking at uh, core services, X housing, which if it just does another three tenths next month, will be mid threes year yes. on year. That's you tighten again, and the and the twenty year goes up in price, you, d- down in yield. Then you even further the housing bonanza, which is the worst part of the inflationary food train right now. I, I just think they meant understand that when you saw mortgage rates go down, the home builders soared. That's not supposed to happen. And so the Fed has to be conscious of the fact that, David, you, you, I don't know how many people talk about that, but the 20-year the is not doing what people think unless, we ha- unless they believe that we're going to have a serious recession. Is uh, the 20-year right? right? So I don't know. You're really asking me that question? How am I supposed to know? Well, are the Knicks going to win? <laughs> yes, they're going to win a game. Yeah, at least. So there's a guy who knows, knows that. And, uh, yeah, and, and Maxi stole the ball. I know all I'm saying, Dave. Uh, uh, Philadelphia, <laughs> didn't they win that with Adam Bede? I think they won that game with Adam Bede, right? Yeah, because Harden I mean, was very strong. Not bad, man. And, but I know that's where we're supposed yeah. to go at the opening because it's really pertinent. Yeah, that's but, what we want to talk about, the NBA but results. But I just think, Why okay, not? look, I just think that when I look at the J.P. Morgan deal, when I look at the pressure yep. the Fed's under, if they do raise rates and housing stays strong because mortgage rates stay down, I just think they're their own worst enemy right now. They're their own worst enemy if they don't pause. All they have to do is say, listen, we're going to keep watching what's happening. We're going to be vigilant. Use the word vigilant. Vigilant always gets people excited. Why don't you hey, say vigilant? Jim, I will, I, Jim, I will say, uh, add... You've brought this up now a couple of times. You know, there are any number of senior financial executives who attend this conference, and they all believe J.P. Morgan got a really good deal, and they're not that happy about it, frankly. They'd love more transparency to understanding exactly what happened and why it happened and why you ended up with the biggest bank in the country owning First Republic, uh, which they believe they're downplaying really what are going to be a lot more of the positives there. Uh, I assume, and we know most likely, they, they got the biggest, they got the highest bid, and that seemed to be the 
only motivating factor for the government government at this point. The, uh, but yeah, I'm so I know you're you picking it up too, judging the, from what I've heard you say this morning. Yes, because there, it was not counted that you were not a huge bank. Okay, I mean, I think a lot of people would have said, "Wait a second, maybe um, there should have been an assumption of, of FRC debt, or maybe the preferred. There are two cents in the dollar. Maybe there should have been a sense that the internal rate of return was plus twenty percent or more here." There's a two point, David. Do you know there's a two point six billion gain at closing, offset by two uh, billion restructuring costs over two, two billion years. restructuring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this was a good deal, um, right? This it, is all public it, stuff. It, it was a good deal. I've, I've made the point as well that J.P. Morgan at 10, 11 percent to begin with of the FDI insurance fund. In other words, any assessments coming at them, if they don't buy it, it's just money gone out the door. But if they do, they're able to put money behind what would be an expense for them anyway and make it more worthwhile. And they're in a position where they can pay the highest price. Uh, and the question then becomes, is there is there a reason to not allow that? Is there more benefit to the system from having another regional buy. And then there's this larger question, guys. Mark Rowan, of course, Mapala brought it up yesterday, at least in his opinion, there is a potential for a second wave that we haven't fully dealt with uh, that existential crisis of $42 billion leaving a, a, you know, a banking institution in four hours that it did at SVB and what you do if you're a regional uh, and how you approach that at this point and whether or not there's going to need to be more consolidation amongst many of these regionals, Jim, to create sort of a super regional or, frankly, more bigger banks that aren't just right. J.P. Morgan, Bank America, City, or Wells. But, David, you know, you're playing cards with Jamie Dimon, your PNC. Uh, the FDIC has to say, FDIC would have to be like football. They would have to say, you know what, we're going to give the points uh, in, in gambling. You give the points to the weaker player. I have to tell you why. You're never going to get anybody who's going to beat J.P. Morgan. There's never going to be a win by U.S. Bank over J.P. Morgan because they have to spot them. they got to spot them some points that we right. need regional banks. I think it was an outrage that they the process. didn't do that. Right. But your point's right, an important one. If, if they're just looking to minimize the impact on taxpayers or get the highest price, but maybe there's a benefit to strengthening the system from another deal in another way, uh, but we're not going to know. Is there any real transparency in the way the Fed does anything? No. And, but I also worry that no. there could be a populist backlash, right? Well, I mean, geez, how many times does J.P. Morgan get to win here? Uh, well, there's a couple of good pieces on the tape today just arguing that they're acting like a public utility, saving us from spending a lot of public dollars. Well, they are, but I do think that there should be something said that uh, there's some banks in the country that should do well. We need we need lending besides in New York. And I think that, Carl, I honestly feel that, I, look, I think J.P. Morgan's a great bank. And, and it's terrific that they won because they are stable. But I would like to have the other guys be able to work out a deal with the FDIC, too. Because this is such a good deal for J.P. Morgan. you got to buy the stock here, even into this uh, tsunami of selling that I'm predicting. Right. Uh, we mentioned some of the travel names. They're not all trading in tandem, Jim. Uh, Marriott's up four, but... Avis and MGM uh, down on these results. Yeah, I mean, I think Hearst is, is catching up to, uh, to Avis. I think that uh, you've you got a situation where the industry is showing discipline, which is really good. Uh, and Avis is doing a good job, but they have a very big fleet. and They're not beating Hearst by that much. Yeah. Domestically, uh, they're not winning at all. Meantime, some of the guidance on Marriott is kind of crazy. They guide RevPAR 30. up. Uh, <laughs> let's see. They, they see uh, up 10 to 13. 
Um, they were prior up six to eleven. International, they got up twenty to twenty-five. Now, I mean, this is what I wish they. Had, this is what Jay Powell's worried about. That it costs a fortune to go overseas. People keep spending. It costs a fortune to travel in this country. Airbnb is not going up, but they're not going to factor in Airbnb. All the things that they were worried about going into this meeting are worse than they were the last meeting. That is not good. Yeah, kind of fits with what Visa told us last week about outbound travel from the U.S. Exactly. to all kinds of uh, geographies. Exactly. And uh, Tony Capiano is a very good statesperson for his, his, his company, but we don't want... If you're the Fed, you want the company to say, you know what, things are cooling. And they're not. Things maybe, are getting hotter. Maybe Look they're at cool- that, Maria. Maybe they're cooling in some industrials. DuPont's down, ITW's is, down, uh, yeah, Stryker's down. Yeah, ITW I would put in some cautionary comments. And other, otherwise, I thought it was very good. DuPont, Ed Breen, admittedly, he missed in the short on, on, on some of the stuff, but he made this acquisition. It's going to make so they can make, make the money back at the end of the year. I swear to God, ITW boosts the forecast, but then puts in a little bit of caution, and it kills the stock because people recognize the squantment that I'm talking about. People do not want to buy industrials ahead of a Fed that tightens. Just don't. It's not good. Hey, it's okay. Look at the rails. They're all down. Why? Because they move goods. And go- goods are out of favor. People want to move people. I don't know. Marriott is so you, good. It you, worries you, me. What, David? You like, but Jim, you, you, Jim, you like the industrials. I, I mean, we were. I well, think I we were sitting there not long ago. I Weren't do you like pop, the industrials, I mean, but this. Well, I just look. The ITW blew away the numbers, but they gave you caution. And that's the problem, David. When you have a company that does terrific numbers and they give you caution, then you start worrying that, well, if they're cautious, maybe I should pull in my horns. That's all I'm saying. They're cautious. That's what I'm worried about, David. Their commentary has been not what I wanted here. Okay. 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 It's not going to impact your view of Caterpillar, though, right? No. I still love that. No, it's going to dip and you buy because we're going to get through the gauntlet. And I talked to Mitch Landrieu this weekend. He's the czar. You know, we have an infrastructure czar. I don't know if you knew we had a czar. And like kind of like Nicholas. And this guy is saying the money is coming and it's just going to be like a, just, a, just a giant wave of money. And Kat's going to get a lot of it. So let's just stop being so negative longer term. Near term, Carl. Yeah, I'm a little getting a little cautious. Yeah. New term. Yeah, there's still a lot of uh, uh, consternation about the backlog at cats. Well, I know. And the bear, look, there's three bearish analysts. They were on the call. They were all basically saying, listen, this is the denouement. This is the worst. It's over cat. I don't know. With $1.2 trillion coming to cat, I don't think it's over. <laughs> I mean, I, believe, I was listening to Mitch Landry. I'm not kidding. I was at this Time Magazine lunch. I mean, the amount of money is going to end up with cat. Go ahead. Short it. And what? Invite me to, <laughs> to your, your funeral. funeral. Uh, David, we haven't mentioned uh, the countersuit uh, at, uh, regarding Disney Florida. A couple of notes on our parent again today. Uh, uh. Daiwa actually calls us uh, like Disney but without the Florida hangover. Yeah. And then Deutsche goes to 55. Uh, they do argue that... Um, <laughs> okay. that uh, we were, like, the, the, David, where do we were, work for Comcast? Where were they all? Suddenly it says, like, yeah, we do. And where by the way, we worked for Comcast. You know what I mean? Where were they all at 35? Like, I, I mean, don't come know. On. When you know, I asked the same question Where were they wife. all at 35? Where the heck were you they? Know, the end is near at 35. Yeah. But now that we're, yeah, I mean, or 30. Now they're on the bandwagon. Oh. Jokers. Now they're on the bandwagon. <laughs> it is kind of funny. I Isn't mean, it? 
Come, keep it coming. We love it. If it <laughs> yep. actually helps in the I stock think up, they forgot we're the, all for it. We forgot Super Mario. Super Mario's worth yeah. taking yep. since the 45 yep. to 41. Super Mario's the greatest thing ever. That and my relentless watching of Peacock were there. Relentless. You're, oh, you're the relentless watcher of Peacock, huh? I, round the clock. You're the one. Yeah. I like <laughs> all those old shows. <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Davis is making a stand, I think. You've seen a lot of that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, don't laugh at don't laugh at the gross margins. And when's Kavanaugh comes in? Mike Kavanaugh. Uh, do you think he's gonna I told he's you in. yesterday? Three he's minutes. In yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's in. Like, yeah, yeah, no. He's in. Imagine that meeting. Yeah. Um no. three billion. No. You just gotta make make everybody like you, an endless watcher of peacock, and then we're all good. Um, well, it's just the one right now in my we, head. Can we can we move on? Maybe I guess so. I, my that's flight home gets canceled. Say. Go ahead. What do you have there? Yeah. Pfizer. Can we talk a little Pfizer? I mean, we saw with Merck, of course, the, de- yeah. the rapid decline in their antiviral. Paxlovid sales were still $8 billion, but they I were down 58%. I couldn't believe the size of that, David. Uh, they're going to have so much money to do what they dramatic want. Dramatic drop. Yeah. I mean, well, they have been doing it. Remember, they've been doing a lot of deals, as you well know. The biggest right. of which, CGen. So, um, Right. But the stock has not performed that well. No, and they, uh, over you know, these they've last got this division that is Nurtec, which is migraine drug. Year at this point. They can't yeah. even get it to 200. This thing is a billion dollar drug. And I don't understand, you know, it's the chief spokesman of the American Migraine Foundation. This could be the, one of the biggest drugs in the portfolio, but they have to do some awareness, international and domestic. Yeah, uh, they do leave the guide, the full year guide, unchanged. Uh, although there's some talk that they're going to, they're working with the EU to sell a bunch of COVID. Uh, later well, in the year. Well, you know, I got to hand it to him. That was an amazing number, but that, people just think anything COVID is one and done. Yeah. Still to come this morning, uh, as we said earlier, J.J. Watt's going to join us at Post 9, hear what the former NFL star has to say about his new investment. Before we go to break, take a look at the bond report as well. Uh, we'll watch closely as the Fed meeting begins. We will get factory orders and, more importantly, jolts in about 17 minutes. Oh, no. There's the S&P heat map, uh, just above 4150. Uh, you do have some consumer discretionary and tech trading fairly well, but it's being offset by things like energy. By the way, WTI, uh, this would be the lowest close since March 29th. Yeah, BP says going to 60. Yeah. That's why BP's so good. Uh, and a story in the FT about declining demand for diesel and what that says about uh, at least the U.S. economy. But we like beer with Molson. <laughs> but TAP is doing okay. We're back after a break. Well, we got a treat here because we've got someone who anybody who watches football knows is full of joy. Yes, file on if he has to be on fan, but full on the field, full of joy. I'm talking about five-time NFB Pro Bowler J.J. Watt. And he's making the move from American to English football, which we know from uh, Wrexham, which we know from Ted Lasso is where to be. Buying the Burnley, Burnley Football Club does a lot of charity work with Burnley, which is fantastic. And I got to tell you, this is just so excited. They just got promoted to the Premier League. We know from Ted Lasso what relegation and promoted. (laughs) JJ, uh, you're a tremendous football player, but it looks like that you think maybe the future is soccer. I just think it's such a global sport, and people love it. So, I mean, my wife's a professional soccer player. So, uh, but football worldwide, I mean, the World Cup, everything that surrounds it is such an international sport. And I think the Premier League's done an incredible job here um, with what NBC has done and the rights over here. And fans are really coming into the sport. And I came into the sport in 2011, and I had to try and figure out who's going to be my team, who do I want to support. I think there's a lot of fans in that category right now. They love the Premier League. They're just trying to find their team. 
Uh, and I'm here to tell them okay. Burnley's your team. How about if you got your team to have a game in America? I don't know if the players yes. ever go for it. Or could you ever do some games at yeah. different time zones? Because the games yeah. are on at the wrong time. They're on right before you guys. So I don't, I mean, <laughs> we'll just watch in the morning and we'll lead right into you guys. What It'll be Bloody great. Mary at 6 a.m.? Yeah, I mean, why do? not, you know? Um, but no, we are we are certainly looking in the future to bring games over to America. I mean, I think you see Wrexham uh, next off, this offseason is going to be doing some work here. So Ryan and Rob have done an unbelievable job with Wrexham. And I think that that appetite for soccer over here uh, is only going to bring more football clubs. Do you think there'll be um, sort of a halo echo with MLS? I mean, we, we've talked for years about why all of our kids play soccer, and yet it hasn't cracked right. in the professional sense. But it seems like generationally now would be the time when it would, right? I think it's certainly starting to pick up. I think the NWSL has done an unbelievable job with the women's game. I think our women have been incredible for such a long period of time. It's been a blast to watch them. I think the men's success and making it further along in the World Cup with the World Cup and the Olympics coming to America, that will only help. But. I mean, I think the Premier League is, is the Premier League in the world. Yes. And I think that people love watching the absolute best of the best. And um, that's, there's certainly more and more people getting involved there. Well, I made some references to Wrexham and, 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 yeah. and, of course, Ted Lasso. But these are very popular shows to the point where at one point in Wrexham, they said, What's, I always want to know what Howie's up to. I mean, in other words, that's how he rose. Yeah. They're colloquial about our football. Right. But these two shows have brought it home. I think we just crave it at this point. Oh, people love it. And it's, it's fun to watch. I mean, and it's fun to see people start to understand promotion and relegation. You know, in the past, you had to explain the bottom three teams drop, the top three teams go up. Now people are starting to ask, oh, so you guys just got promoted. You guys are going up to the Premier League. You're going to play Chelsea, Man City, and Arsenal. And it's, it's a lot of fun to have those conversations and not have to fully explain everything again. Well, even I remember in, in uh, Ted Lasso, they're going to Liverpool. Yeah. And suddenly I say, okay, yeah, let, you know, know for that. vacation, let me go to a place that's Liverpool. This has become pop culture. It's really happening. If you have the contracts, you're going to make a lot of money. 100%. Come on, you vacation in Burnley next time, Jim, all right? <laughs> yes. We may not oh, have absolutely. beaches. We may not, not your normal yachts that you're on, but we will <laughs> we will put, up to you, yeah. put you up in a real yeah. nice yeah. spot. A nice I have a 25-foot uh, Brunswick, you know, I've got to never mind. You, you characterize this as um, not the largest in dollar size, but it's a massive emotional investment for you. It sounds like there's room for you to do even more. Yeah, so we're what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring global eyeballs to Burnley. We've been over there. We visited. We're going back on Friday. Um, we love the town. We love we visited the food bank. We visited their local charity. We visited with government officials. Um, it's a great town. The football club's been around since 1882. It's an old mill town. It's a hardworking town. Um, they face some adversity throughout their lives, and we want to help tell that story and that love and passion that they have for their club. They truly live and die with their club. It's a tribal feeling. Well, it does remind me, I'm from Philadelphia, obviously, you right. know, because you watch the show. The old days were hard scrabble. Philadelphia's a rich team. You have know, rich team, the Eagles. But what I look at is this reminds me of Pittsburgh. It yeah. reminds me of Philadelphia. They got left behind. But they have this club, the charity work. It seems like it's the principal source of charity there. Yeah, no, it really is. The club has ingrained itself in that community, and they understand that these people live and die and spend their hard-earned money at the club. So they want to make sure that they give back to the town and do anything that they can to support the same people that are supporting them. And that's kind of something that my wife and I have thought our whole careers is that I have a job, and I'm sitting here today because of NFL fans. I mean, they have given me the life I have. 
and I'm extremely grateful for that. So I'm always trying to give back to them any chance I can. Speaking of the NFL, uh, Jim just got back from hanging out with Jerry Jones. Okay. Um, you had the were you making the draft picks? <laughs> well, uh, no, he, uh, Howie and I were doing it, but Dave Tepper. You're insider trading, Jim. That's well, what you're that, doing. You're no, insider I, trading. Adam Schefter's a great friend, so the answer is yes. Yeah. And by the way, we just had Nielsen revise the viewership of the Super Bowl up a couple million viewers to 115 million. I mean, are you still watching NFL action? Of course. Do you have business interests there? I mean, the NFL is obviously an unbelievable entity, and it's been a... Look at last weekend. Look at the NFL draft. There is a the commissioner is standing on stage reading names off of a card, and there's 300 plus thousand people in person and millions of people watching at home. What they have built is unbelievable, and I'm a benefactor of it, so I'm very grateful for it. But NFL fans are extremely loyal, and it's, I mean, it's a blast. Honestly, some of it's just people like you. I mean, I've always you are so fan friendly. You have done so much to be a great promoter of the game. What you did for Houston in oh, times thanks. of oh. severe stress. I mean, that's, I think that's what makes players larger than life. Oh, I think, I think there's so many players in the NFL doing great things, yes. and I don't think we highlight that part enough. No. And we try to, but Let I think, us. yes. I give think us that, some. We'll give it, we'll yes. give it right back if yes. you do it. There's so many guys doing so many positive things, and I, that's why I love when the positive stories come out, because obviously uh, it's easy to shine light on the negative ones, but there's a lot of guys doing a lot of great things. Well, JJ, it's just a pure joy to have you. Oh. Loved your career. Loved the way you play. You're just a great spokesman for now all sports. I appreciate you guys having me on. I love watching every morning. My wife and I tune in every morning. So thank you for having ah, me. Very kind. Thank you. Thank you. Great thank to see you. you. Jim, how about tonight? What do you well, got? Well, I have a company that's not called Burger King. It's called QSR. But I do think that people have to recognize restaurant brands. Patrick Doyle used to be Domino's. Fantastic. Logitech, Brack and Darrell. Little shortfall, but maybe we get a call for a turn in PCs. By the way, Patty Doyle, one of the best records of any CEO in history under Domino's. I think he can do a lot with QSR. Uh, every, every major brand beat on comps. Uh, Isn't that something? I have to tell you that, you know, my wife is a, is a Baconator eater, double Baconator. But I, she does indeed like Popeyes, or Popeyes as I call it because I'm from Philly. From Philly. <laughs> We'll see you at 6. Uh, Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Back to 4150 or so on the S&P. We're back after a break. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 